This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening in. Uh, you know, I've often talked on this show about the oath of office that I took as a member of the military to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Obama and members of his cabinet and members of Congress and virtually all federal employees take a similar oath. They basically, Obama, to the best of his ability, preserve, protect the Constitution of the United States. Now, this is a sacred oath. And I pointed out before that there are federal criminal penalties for violating that oath. That includes for each time that you violate your oath, denigrating the Constitution, doing something to destroy our Constitution, our Constitutional Republic, that you can be sentenced to a year in jail and fined up to $10,000. Now, to me, that oath is sacred. And to other veterans out there, the 23 million of us that are out there, the oath is sacred, as it is to the members of the military. That does not seem to be the case with members of the Congress, many of them, certainly not with members of the President's Cabinet, and absolutely not sacred to the President of the United States. In fact, to him, that oath is pretty laughable. And he violates it on a daily basis. Every He issues executive orders that bypass Congress and bypass the constitutional requirements for balance of powers. Every time he attacks the courts or ignores federal court decisions that he disagrees with, He's violating the oath of office. But now we have a president of the United States who is, and calls himself the president of the United States. I don't call him that. I don't consider him my president because I don't consider him an American. And I don't care where he was born. I'm talking about an American who believes in this country and wants to defend this country. Now, there have been some new developments today, and I saw this coming because I talked about it a few weeks ago on the show, that we were going to end up in this treaty with Iran, and it is a treaty, and it should have to be presented to the United States Senate for confirmation about by two-thirds of the members of the Senate. However, the House and the Senate, both Republican-controlled, have acquiesced to basically Obama sending them the treaty, and supposedly they're going to take a look at it and either agree or disagree. The problem is... If they disagree, there's no mechanism for stopping the treaty from going into effect. There's nothing to keep Obama from putting it into effect anyway. Now we've learned today that basically the Ayatollah, the supreme leader of the Iranian government, is making demands on the administration that Obama assured the American people he would not acquiesce to, we assured the American people that this treaty was going to keep Iran from getting nuclear weapons. And remember, he's been saying ever since he became president that one of his goals was to assure the world and the people of the United States that Iran would never be a nuclear nation, that they would never have nuclear weapons. Because the Iranians have vowed to destroy the state of Israel. Uh, they have vowed to destroy the great Satan, which is the United States. They have vowed to help... Uh, take over and impose Sharia law on all of the Middle East and the rest of the world, for that matter. They've made all these vows, and so Obama made his vow that they would never be a nuclear-armed state. Now he is giving in to all of the Ayatollah's demands. The, the treaty is going to release all sanctions, 
from Iran, uh, all the monetary sanctions, and they're going to have millions and millions of dollars returned to them that they can use to advance their nuclear program. And make no mistake about it, this nuclear program is not and has never been for purposes of providing electricity to the Iranian people. I mean, they're sitting on huge deposits of oil. They don't need nuclear power to generate electricity for their country. They never have. But that's supposedly what they're doing with this program, and now the president and John Kerry are saying, yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably true. So what they're doing is this. The Iranians are being told, or it's agreed, being agreed to by the U.S. government, that there will be no inspections. We are going to take the Iranians entirely at their word that they will not develop a nuclear weapon for 10 years. Well, according to the intelligence sources I'm familiar with, right now, if nothing is done to stop them, they could have a nuclear weapon operational within six months, certainly within a year. We're not going to do anything to stop them. We're not going to inspect their facilities. We're at, we have dropped the demand that they provide us with all the information about how far they are along with their centrifuges and with enriching uranium. They're not going to have to provide that information, something that Obama and Kerry said was essential to a treaty. The sanctions are going to be released, and there are going to be no inspections of their facilities. We're not going to have the United Nations inspectors go in, and I'm not even sure how good they ever were, but we're not going to have any American inspectors going in. We're not going to know what they're doing. So essentially, Obama is telling the Iranians, do whatever you want to do. We know the Iranians are negotiating with the North Koreans to get delivery systems for nuclear weapons. And this includes missiles that could easily reach Israel, could easily reach some European countries, particularly those on the Mediterranean, and even missiles that could possibly be modified to reach the United States. Obama is surrendering the United States to an enemy that has vowed to destroy us. Now think about that. This is an alleged president of the United States who took that oath of office, who is not only not defending this country, but in as far as what I believe is absolutely an act of treason, the surrendering to a foreign country and allowing them to get the technology and the weapons they need to destroy our, our best ally, virtually only ally in the Middle East, and that's Israel, at the very least is going to cause a massive arms race in the Middle East. We already know that Saudi Arabia is in the process of acquiring nuclear weapons from Pakistan, and that other countries are inquiring about how to get nuclear weapons from India. We know that ISIS continues to be on the march in the Middle East. There's certainly a possibility that they could get a hold of a nuclear weapon, particularly if the Iranians have it. I mean, you think they'd hesitate to sell one to ISIS or to give one to ISIS if ISIS promised to use it against the United States or against our interests in the Middle East? We're talking very simply here about an act of treason. Obama and Kerry are going to give the Iranians the power, with their assistance, to 
virtually destroy the world, to impose Sharia law on the rest of the world. Now, why is Obama doing this? Well, the man is, this is not a legacy matter for him. I get tired of people saying, oh, he's just trying to protect his legacy. Well, maybe it is a legacy matter. Maybe he does want, in fact, I'm convinced he wants his legacy to be the complete destruction of the United States of America as we know it. To bring this country down. And to eventually have us controlled by Sharia law. I mean, everything points to it. If I was taking this case to court to make a case of treason against Obama, I could provide tons of evidence. I mean, let's look at what he's done. He has virtually lost the, the war in Afghanistan for us, where we gained all this ground. He's released known terrorists, Muslim terrorists, from Guantanamo Bay, released six, six more just last week. He has released five top leaders of the Taliban, traded them for an American trader, a soldier who deserted his post and went over to the Taliban, and has now been charged by the Army with desertion. He has consistently met with the Muslim Brotherhood. He supported the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, even when they were imposing a Sharia law caliphate on the people of Egypt that they didn't want. Obama continued to support them. Members of the Brotherhood have positions in his administration. The Muslim Brotherhood has repeatedly said that its goal is to impose Sharia law on the rest of the world. Now, what does that mean with Sharia law? Well, basically, if you live in a country that has strict Sharia law, you have three options. Convert to Islam and submit to your life being controlled completely by Sharia law, which means you have no freedoms, and particularly to women, you have no freedoms. You're slaves for all intents and purposes. And Hillary Clinton used to like that idea, except for quite a burden. Her social advisors, it would only imply she she claims to to champion. But we have the Muslim Brotherhood Members often invited to meet at the White House. You have the president celebrating Muslim holidays at the White House. We have Michelle Obama a few days going to the Middle East to make a speech to Muslim women talking about what a wonderful existence they they lead and how great their lives is from Sharia law. We have Obama refusing to acknowledge that there are acts of terrorism committed in the name of Jihad. He won't refer to continuous acts. And today they just arrested uh, two more people who were planning attacks in this country in support of ISIS. Yet... The president refuses to acknowledge that the acts of Islamic Jihad, the shooting at Fort Hood, 13 American soldiers, the killing of 13, the wounded of 32 others, 
referred to as workplace violence, refusing to acknowledge that it was terrorism, the beheading by a man of a woman in Oklahoma at a meatpacking plant and the attack of several other people he refers to as workplace violence. He will not acknowledge the terrorist. The attack on the meeting in Garland, Garland, Texas, a couple of weeks ago, the free speech meeting conducted by Pamela Geller, the Draw Mohammed cartoon meeting, that attack was clearly by ICE supporters. It was a jihadist terrorist attack. The Obama administration has never acknowledged that. They will not acknowledge the threat to America. And that itself, as far as I'm concerned, is a matter of treason. You don't just back let your country attack and not even acknowledge who the attackers are. So let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. Join me Fridays at 11 a.m. for a new show here on America's Web Radio. We call it the Prologue. I'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. That's Fridays at 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So we have the Muslim Brotherhood influencing, to a great extent, the policy of the United States government. We have members of the Muslim Brotherhood in the administration. We have an administration that refuses to acknowledge the threat of jihadist terrorism that continues to refer to the religion of Islam as a religion of peace. When, in fact, if you read the Koran, if you read the tenets of the Muslim Brotherhood, you will see that they are not a religion, it is not a religion of peace. In fact, it's not really a religion at all. It's a religion that has a military wing and a political wing and is a force for conquering the rest of the world. That's what it's all about. So how is Obama protecting us from this? He's not. He's acquiescing, acquiescing to everything that the Iranians want. 
He's going to give them a nuclear weapon, which they can use, be, can destroy Israel with, because he wants Israel destroyed. He's made it clear he hates Israel. He wants Israel destroyed. He wants ISIS to be successful in the Middle East. I mean, let's face it, what we're doing against ISIS is ridiculous. Earlier today, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, Martin Dempsey, and Ashton Carter, the Secretary of Defense, were both in front of the House, the House Committee, and they both basically testified that this grand plan of ours of sending 3,000 American soldiers into harm's way and believe me, they're in harm's way. They're on near the front lines of where ISIS is, and ISIS keeps advancing. We're sending 3,000 American soldiers in there to train 24,000 Iraqi soldiers. The facilities are set up for the training, but the problem is the Iraqis aren't showing up. Right now, they have about 7,000 that have showed up. So the idea that we're going to have 24,000 trained Iraqi soldiers fighting ISIS by this fall, both of these men admitted that that is not going to happen. Both of them virtually admitted that there is no real strategy there. We have put constraints on ourselves to the point where our pilots who are flying the sorties to attack ISIS targets, that three out of five, in fact, I've heard four out of five of the planes that leave the ground come back without ever having fired a shot. Or dropped a bomb. Why? Because their targets have to be approved by the White House. And the White House won't approve most targets. A lot of the bombing that's been done by our forces has been of buildings, bombing at night, empty buildings, blowing parked empty pickup trucks, not really doing any significant damage. When ISIS took Ramadi. They held a full-scale military parade down the streets, down the main street in Ramadi. They had their weapons. They had their Humvees, all of which, by the way, were originally American equipment that was left in the hands of Iraqis uh, and was captured by ISIS. They had tanks. They had their automatic weapons on display. They had pickup trucks mounted with automatic weapons, with machine guns. 20-millimeter cannons, all wide open for attack. We knew that parade was taking place, yet Obama refused to allow American planes to make that attack. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this is not an accident. This is a calculated action on the part of Obama and his administration to declare victory for ISIS because ISIS wants to impose Sharia law. How many times have you heard the President of the United States criticize ISIS for beheading and slaughtering Christians? I remember when the Egyptian Coptic, Coptic Christians murdered, Obama referred to it as a horrific murder of, of Egyptian citizens. Never referred to them as Christians. Does not come out on any occasion that I'm aware of and condemned ISIS or any other Islamic group for murdering Christians. 
and they're engaging in a systematic slaughter. How is Obama responding? Well, they have this program, because they're Christians and Syrians do, and they have this program right now uh, through the United Nations to try to resettle as many Syrian refugees as possible in other places around the world. Because there have been several hundred thousand people killed in Syria during the Civil War. We don't know who really is, is fighting who, but we know the Assad regime is being assaulted by various Islamic jihadist groups like ISIS, like Al-Qaeda, and that there are supposedly moderate rebels there, but we don't know for sure they're moderate rebels. So you have thousands and thousands of displaced people. The Obama administration has made a deal to bring thousands of these Syrians to this country and to resettle them, to put them in cities around the country, to give them free medical care, free food, free housing, provide them with free education for their children with all the amenities, all at taxpayer expense. Now, these people are not going to be vetted. No questions are going to be asked about who they are, who they may have been affiliated with in the past or currently affiliated with. These could be trained operatives of ISIS, of Al-Qaeda, people who will be coming to this country to help destroy the United States, to commit acts of terrorism against the people in our country, and to do this all in the name of Islam. The Democrats in Congress and the White House are calling for thousands, thousands of these people to be brought into the country under the Syrian refugee program. However, there's one interesting element that I've just discovered, and that is that this program is designed for Syrian refugees, all Syrian refugees, not just Muslims. However, the Obama administration, through the State Department, has told the U.N., we will not accept any Christian refugees in this country. They will not be allowed to be part of this resettlement program. Only potential jihadists. Only Muslims. So we have a person in the White House who took an oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. And that means to defend the people of the United States, to defend our borders, to protect our our people, to protect our homes. Who's he protecting? He's protecting Muslims, some of who are radical jihadists. He's protecting illegal immigrants who are coming this this country from across our borders, over our borders, coming in illegally. Some of them Mexicans, some of them from other countries. They're being allowed to get the free medical care, to get the free education, to get the the welfare payments, to get Social Security, even if they're never paid into the system. Uh, they get the free food, the free housing. A lot of the housing that's being, being put in around the San Antonio area, for example, in Texas, could be used to help the thousands or at least hundreds of homeless military veterans that we have out there. But they're not one of Obama's priorities. 
in fact, hurting them as a priority of the Obama administration, not helping him. So his two priorities are illegals coming from Mexico and other countries who he wants to fast-track to be allowed to vote. He would love to be have them allowed to vote in 2016. The courts, we don't have a two federal courts, a district court, and the Court of Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, based on New Orleans, that ruled on the basis of a suit filed here in Texas, and a suit which the United States Justice Foundation, we supported, we filed a friend of the court brief, an amicus brief, in the Court of Appeals, because the courts have struck down the Obama amnesty program as being unconstitutional, that he did not have the authority to grant amnesty, and that's what he did to 9 million people, or actually more than 9 million, when you include their families. Federal courts have ruled that he cannot do it and have issued an injunction to keep him from going forward with the program. It turns out that after the injunction was issued, while the case was pending in the Court of Appeals, Obama was not only refusing to obey the injunction, he was fast-tracking through the Department of Homeland Security, diverting resources in the Department of Homeland Security, diverting men and women and physical resources away from protecting our country from terrorists to helping to fast-track the illegal immigrants, the illegal aliens. They're not undocumented workers. They're not immigrants in the true sense of the word. They are here illegally. They have already violated our laws by crossing the border in the first place. But they are being protected because Obama wants their vote. We have no Christians being allowed in through the Syrian program. No Christians being brought out of Iraq, where they are also under assault by ISIS. Obama has declared a war on Christianity. That's clear through everything that's happened in this country. Obama and the Democrats have declared a war on Christianity. It's manifesting itself in all kinds of ways. And it's just going to keep getting worse. Obama is a traitor to this country. He does not have our interest at heart. He has the interest of foreign countries, foreign ideologies, illegals. Oh, and one thing I'm, I'm sure you've, you may have heard about it right by now, but the illegals that have been granted amnesty under the so the so-called dreamers. A lot of these people were in prison and were scheduled to be deported after serving their prison terms. Obama did not have them deported. Obama ordered them released. Many of them hadn't even finished their sentences, and some of them were in there for violent crimes, everything from murder and rape to pedophilia. Obama didn't order them deported. He ordered them released onto our streets, and this was just a couple of months ago. It has now been documented that 121 of these people have committed murders, have been arrested on murder charges since being released by the Obama administration. 
Is that protecting and defending the Constitution of the United States? Is that protecting and defending Americans? I don't think so. Let's take our second break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Let's talk some more about the war on Christianity, because it's real, ladies and gentlemen. There's no question in my mind that it's happening and has been happening in this country for some time. And it didn't just manifest itself under the Obama administration. Uh, the courts have been conducting the war uh, on Christianity, on religion types, for a long time. In fact, the only religion that seems to be exempt from being attacked is the Muslim religion. They are originally protected. Muslim students in many parts of the country can use school facilities for whole prayer meetings after school. They even are being given facilities so during the day, when they're required to recite prayers, they can do that in their classrooms or in a classroom set aside for them to do it. Can you imagine Christian students asking for the same thing? They're being told that they can't even use school facilities to hold a prayer meeting or a Bible discussion or anything relating to Christianity after school hours. All this started manifesting itself years ago when a total perversion of the Constitution was decided by the Supreme Court. Now, I've written a booklet on the Constitution called Our Constitution, same name as this show, and we have sold thousands and thousands of copies of this. Uh, basically, you can buy it on on the Internet for $6, and that includes shipping. You can go to www.constitution.jigsy.com, and you can order copies of the booklet, and uh, you can find out how to order multiple copies for substantial discounts. In fact, if you order in these copies for a school, 
and say you're a Rotary Club, and Rotary Clubs have done this, ordered copies of the booklet for distribution to six school districts in South South Texas. If you want to order copies for a school, like private schools in Missouri have been ordering them, contact me directly at that website, or contact me at Michael at usjfmail.net. That's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at USJF, United States Justice Foundation, usjfmail.net. And we'll talk about, with very special prices, or copies ordered for school children. Basically, we're, we're providing those at cost. Since I wrote the book that I'm supposed to get a royalty on every copy that's sold, I, I have not accepted any royalties. Uh, I roll that money over to uh, help subsidize schools. Because let's face it, our children are not being taught the Constitution. They don't know the Constitution. The Constitution is being ignored. Right now, the Common Core references to lessons on the Constitution are basically attacks on the Constitution. They don't talk about the Founding Fathers. They don't talk about the balance of powers. They don't talk about the Bill of Rights. They attack the Constitution as being a document that's outdated, flawed, and needs to be done away with. And they also claim the Constitution can be amended with going through the amendment process that's in the Constitution, but can be amended by the courts and by the President and by Congress and by virtually anybody else that wants to amend it. But what happened with the assault on Christianity and assault on religion in general was the Supreme Court ruled that having prayer in public schools, among other things, violated the separation of church and state provisions in the Constitution. As I point out in my booklet, there's one big problem with this. There is no provision for separation in church and state in the Constitution. There's the Establishment Clause. The Establishment Clause prohibits the federal government from establishing a religion as a state religion, meaning that everybody would have to be a member of that religion. That is prohibited. But it also keeps the federal government from interfering in the practice of religion. There's nothing in there that says anything about separation of church and state. That phrase is not in the Constitution. So where did it come from? Well, when Thomas Jefferson was president of the United States, a religious group contacted him because they were having an internal dispute among their membership, and they wanted him to act as mediator and help resolve it. He wrote to them and said that would not be proper under the Establishment Clause because that would violate the idea of separation of church and state. Of course, what he meant by that was that would have the federal government interfering in the practice of religion and mediating when there was a dispute among the religious groups. He did not say in there that government could not endorse religion, that governments could not allow religion to take place. In fact, the Constitution prohibits the government from interfering with religious exercise. So that means if small town anywhere in the United States wants to put up a copy of the, of the Ten Commandments in its courthouse or in its city hall, they have a constitutional right to do that. The federal government has no right to defend, to 
get involved. If they want to hold a Christmas celebration and honor the birth of Jesus, they have a right to do that. If they want to put up a Jewish menorah, they have a right to do that. There is no prohibition in the Constitution that prohibits prayer in schools, prohibits children from being able to bring a Bible to school or wear a religious object. You know, in a lot of schools right now that uh, if you're a Muslim woman or a Muslim girl and you want to dress the traditional Muslim garb and hide yourself, you can do that. If you're a Christian child, don't you dare wear a cross around your neck, particularly one that can be seen by other people. That, they claim, is a violation of separation of church and state. Our children need to know that they are being lied to. People in this country who don't recall what they were taught about the Constitution need to know that they are being lied to. Yet right now in our schools, our children are being taught things about the Constitution that are not true. I live in East Texas, not far from the town of Denton, the county of Denton, and I've made a number of speeches to groups up in that area. And not long ago, the using Common Core, and here it wasn't called Common Core, uh, they had another name for the uh, uh, Common Core curriculum here in Texas, that they put out a study guide on the Constitution, specifically on the Bill of Rights, to be used for the standardized testing that seniors were going to have to be going through. You're listening to America's Web Radio, and it would seem that uh, we've had some technical difficulties again with uh, uh, Michael in Texas, so we're going to try calling him back again and see if we can get him back on the line. They're having some bad weather there, and I don't know if that's the problem or what the problem is, but we're going to see if we can get him back on the line. Uh Okay, what happened? Okay, well, let me transfer you back in. Hang on. Okay, we should have Michael back on the line. Uh, Michael, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, David. And, and that was, uh, we've been wondering about this happening so frequently. That was a direct assault. I heard voices on the line. I heard... Uh, somebody interfering with us, and all kinds of stuff came up on the screen, interfering that basically the system was being hacked. So I, it took me a minute to clear it. That's why I didn't call you back sooner. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm here, and so that's what's going on. Uh, we Apparently I'm irritating somebody today, which is good. I like to irritate uh, certain people out there. 
and that's what I will continue to do. And I was talking about the Constitution. I don't know how much of this was lost, but uh, I do know that you probably didn't hear the last words I was saying about the concept of separation of church and state and the fact that that does not exist in the Constitution. But it's being used to stop our children from being taught about freedom of religion and and stop exercising their freedom of religion. And I was talking just before this happened about in Denton County in Texas, they had a provision or they had a study guide that they they put out uh, that was for students to respond to questions on their examination about the uh, Bill of Rights. And this study guide specifically said that the Second Amendment to the Constitution is not an individual right that it only authorizes authorized militias and the National Guard to own weapons. That individuals who are not members of either of those organizations, and of course there are very few authorized state militias out there, there is in here in Texas, but only those people were allowed to keep and bear arms. Now that's absurd. That's exactly the opposite of what the Second Amendment says and even more so, the Supreme Court has twice ruled that the Second Amendment is an individual right. Now recently, unfortunately, the current Supreme Court backed off a little from that. Again, we have the federal government, in this, in this case the judicial branch, deciding to alter the Constitution by basically upholding a California law well, San Francisco specifically, law that says that if you have a weapon in your home, you must keep it locked up, separate from the ammunition, and you must have a lock on the trigger guard. So it's basically you can't use the weapon. So if you got a weapon in your home for protection and somebody breaks into your home, you've got to go unlock the gun case, you've got to take out the weapon, you've got to unlock the, the weapon, and then you have to load the weapon. And by that time, you're dead. You might as well call 911 and wait for the cops to show up 20 minutes later. So this is not something that's going to harm criminals. They're not going to obey this law. This is something that is strictly being used to stifle the Second Amendment. And now we have all kinds of other proposals out there to stifle the Second Amendment. And we have the continued assault by the federal government on veterans to disarm American veterans. So that's another reason for people to get copies of my booklet, Our Constitution, carry it around with you. It's a small, little pocket-sized booklet, 77 pages, where I take each article, each amendment, each section of the Constitution, put them in the way they were originally written, and then put in my comments about what they really mean. And I'm getting nothing but rave reviews about it. Let's take our final break now and hope that I can come back in a minute. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. 
Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Do you believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust? I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, uh, did we lose you again, Michael? Uh, no, I lost you. I couldn't hear you for a minute. So oh, okay. <laughs> You're back on. We're having our problems. Uh, all right, well, please me out there. Uh, something's going on we don't like. And we're going to take some steps now to remedy it and uh, try something different. Maybe. But in any case, the uh, I've been talking about the courts and the assault on the Second Amendment, a new assault by the courts, and I'm going again. Oh, yeah, are you still there? Yeah, but they, they, the thing was just flickering again. It was They were trying it again. So anyway, back to what I'm trying to talk about, if the mom administration, whoever's out there trying to stop me, will... Uh, back off for a few minutes. Uh, we have a situation where kids need to be taught about the Constitution. In fact, people out there in general being need to be taught about the Constitution. If people don't know what their rights are, they're not going to know when they're losing their rights. And many people out there don't know what their rights are. They don't know what the Second Amendment says. They don't know what it means. And the Second Amendment says that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed upon. And in my booklet, I point out that there is a preamble to the Bill of Rights. Now, when I was in school, I had to memorize the preamble of the Constitution, but I didn't have to memorize the preamble of the Bill of Rights. I know we discussed it, but it's not something that really stuck with me at that point. It was later years that I realized how important that part of the document really is. And I point this out in, in my booklet. I point out that the preamble of the Bill of Rights basically is a warning that was issued by the Founding Fathers to the very government they reformed. We do not acknowledge 
rights protected here in the Bill of Rights or rights granted to us by any government entity. Because if you say that the rights were granted to us by the federal government, then you're essentially acknowledging the right of the federal government to take your rights away. But the preamble says, no, you can't do that. These are rights that were granted to us by our Creator. They are rights that inherently belong to all people. And therefore, you cannot touch these rights. And that's what the Constitution the Bill of Rights is all about. But that's not what our children are being taught. And, you know, we, I was talking earlier today about the assault on Christianity. Well, freedom of religion is shrined in the First Amendment. So that means it is also something that was not granted to us by the federal government and therefore cannot be taken away from us by the federal government. But now we have governments on all levels trying to take it away from us. And one of the things that's going to happen, we're afraid, is that in the next week or two, the United States Supreme Court is going to uh, give another blow to the Constitution, another blow to freedom of this country, and is going to say that the Constitution protects gay marriage. That somehow something that was never, <coughs> excuse me, believe me, considered by the founders when they wrote the Constitution something they never meant to include in the constitutional protection is not in the Bill of Rights. The right of gay marriage does not exist in the Constitution. Yet the Supreme Court apparently is prepared to rule the does. And in doing so, they are going to set up continuation of what states like Oregon and Connecticut and New York are already doing, and that is punishing anybody who does not believe in gay marriage punishing ministers who won't perform gay marriages because it's, it violates their religious beliefs, punishing businesses who will not support gay marriage, will not do business with gay couples, such as bakers, wedding parlors, places that host weddings that are not churches. All of these will be attacked. States that have tried to pass laws to protect such businesses and religious groups from being attacked are being attacked themselves. I mean, we have the idiot, like at Angie's list. Wisconsin passes a law to protect freedom of religion, to protect people that might not want to do business with people that is getting married, or pastors that might not want to perform gay religious ceremonies or pastors that may just want to chat against gay marriage from their pulpits. If you're a military chaplain, you can be court-martialed for doing that. <laughs> but if you are a Muslim chaplain, you can do anything you want. But Wisconsin passed a law, and Indiana passed the same or similar law to that effect, and Indiana was immediately attacked by businesses like Angie's List saying, we're not going to do business in a, a bigoted state. We're not going to have our business in there. We're not going to expand our offices in there. Well, Angie's List dropped dead. Fine. You don't want to do business with me? I don't want to do business with you. I will never utilize Angie's List for anything. I'm tired of being bullied. I'm tired of the Boy Scouts of America being bullied by businesses. I mean, UPS 
refused to continue giving money to the Boy Scouts of America until they recognized and started allowing gays, gays in there. Even after they allowed the boys to be members of the Boy Scouts of America, gay boys, that wasn't enough for, for these crazy gay supporters out there. They wanted the Boy Scouts to allow leaders, adult leaders, gay adult leaders. Well, at the same time, these same groups are attacking the Boy Scouts because <laughs> there have been incidents of pedophilia. So UPS was bullying the Boy Scouts, so I haven't done business with UPS in years. I, for one, am tired of getting bullied by the gay rights activists telling me what I can and cannot say, by the Muslim activists telling me what I can and cannot say, being bullied by my own government, telling me what I can and cannot say, telling me what I can and cannot do, telling me I can't own firearms, trying to tell me I can't own firearms, trying to tell me as a veteran that I'm somehow a second-class citizen and that I should not be allowed to own a firearm because obviously if I was a veteran, I, there's something wrong with me. All of this is happening in our country. And it's going to continue to happen because we have a president who wants it to happen. We have a Supreme Court that apparently wants it to happen. We have a Congress that doesn't seem to want to prevent it from happening, even though that's what they specifically were elected to do. Republicans are given both control of the House in the Senate, and they're looking towards one thing right now, and that's electing the President of the United States in 2016. That's all they care about. They're not stepping up to defend the Constitution in any significant way. I've about had it with these people. And a lot of my fellow veterans out there have about had it. The United States Justice Foundation, we're continuing to make the good fight. We're continuing to file court cases. We're continuing to represent individual veterans. We need your help. USJF.net. We raise our money independently. We don't charge the veterans anything for representing them. We don't charge anybody anything for representing them on constitutional issues. We are an educational organization. We are a 501c3. Have been for years. That means that contributions to the United States Justice Foundation are tax deductible. So go to USJF.net and make, make a contribution. If you're a veteran and you're being denied your Second Amendment rights or other rights, contact me directly, michael at usjfmail.net. michael at usjfmail.net. You can also try to contact me through the website, usjf.net, but we've lately been having some, some problems with the, the function there, apparently because we're getting so many people trying to contact me that it's overwhelming the system. They uh, can't keep up with it. So I know you can get to me at michael at usjfmail.net. Go to my website and blog, personal website and blog, Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-O-Y, at michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. You can read the blog articles I write. You can read about the other stuff I've written. 
including the one about my father's unit in World War II that is still doing the bestseller on Amazon, book Amigaly, A Story of American, a patriotic novel, uh, which is still doing very well also, despite the fact that the, the leftists are attacking it. We're, we're going to do what we can to resolve the problems here, ladies, so that I can keep talking to you on the air. Thank you for listening in. I'll talk to you next week. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.